The following is a Sports Ethos presentation. Yo, yo, welcome to another edition of Round Ball Ramble. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. This is no longer a hoopball presentation. Did I say presentation? Presentation, ladies and gentlemen. It is no longer a hoopball presentation. It is a sports ethos presentation. Exactly, because sports ethos is the evolution of hoopball. It is not just NBA with hoopball slash sports ethos sports ethos is now nba nfl mlb plus your fantasy plus your dfs advice and your wagering your major team coverage and more all of it can be found on sports ethos so go on twitter at sports ethos s-p-o-r-t-s-e-t-h-o-s or online sportsethos.com. gonna take a minute to get a hang of it but uh that is the new name I think it's pretty dope. Check out the website. That's dope. The content's going to be even crazier. Definitely make sure to get on board there. Uh, we're keeping it just strictly basketball here in Ramble Ramble because that's what we're about. So you want NBA hoops, you want all that talk, you, you cover here. You come over here. Uh, speaking of that, I am happy to be talking basketball yet again, this time with my good friend, fellow Lakers fan, frustrated Lakers fan, Josh Heideman. Josh, how you doing, my friend? Uh, I'm, I'm doing all right, Corbin. It was, it was quite a day, quite a day. We're talking right after that, that Pistons game. Uh, so yeah, lots, lots to get into on the Laker front. Absolutely. Uh, lots, lots, lots to talk about. Yep. It's, it's going to be a mess. Um, I'm excited to talk about it just to kind of flesh it out. And it does help that the Lakers did end up getting a win. They played the Detroit Pistons in a game that was going to be kind of talked about for a little bit afterwards, but not maybe necessarily for the right reasons. The Lakers did win 121-116 after falling down by a chunk. I mean, they were down by 16 at one point, came back with a huge 37-point fourth quarter while holding the Pistons to 17. We're going to talk about that in a second. Before we even get down to the meat of the Lakers and LeBron and all of that goodness, LeBron's made some news as well. Uh, I got to start with some NBA news. This is almost Laker adjacent. It concerns the former coach, of the Los Angeles Lakers from the year 2016 to 2019. That would be one Luke Walton who moved on from the Lakers, Reed slash fired, went over to Sacramento, has done two full seasons and part of a third before being dismissed yesterday. As you're listening to this, this Monday, the 22nd, um, he finished with, well, his first year in Sacramento went 31 and 41. Second year in Sacramento, exact same thing. Third year in Sacramento, six and 11, losers of seven of eight. And that was enough to get him the boot. Uh, Luke Walton left LA with a win percentage of 39%, finishing 98 wins to 148 losses and a cumulative minus 25 under 500. Uh, he did come to the Lakers with much acclaim, having been an assistant coach for Golden State for a couple of years and leading Golden State to a 39-4 and four start as an interim head coach while Steve Kerr recovered from back surgery back then. It would have been nice if those wins were credited to him. They would have made his rather subpar coaching record look a little bit better. But as it is, he has been fired. 
Uh, Josh, thoughts on the coaching tenure of Luke Wallace? Uh, he's uh, not a very good coach. Um, I think that, that's, uh, that, you know, the short and the sweet of it, you look uh, like you kind of just ran down Corbin. He's never won more than 37 games. That was in 2019 with LeBron. LeBron did get hurt at the end of that season, but uh, you know, just clearly, you know, had some young teams with the, his young 17, 18 Lakers and, and these Kings, but just as, you know, never been really able to crack that, that 35 win mark. And at the end of the day, results matter. He's got, you know, six seasons, you know, two, three full seasons kind of in LA and two full seasons in Sacramento and kind of the start of this season and uh, has shown that, that there's, he's not able to, you know, get it done. I don't, I don't know that his offensive philosophy is great or his defensive philosophy. And you haven't really seen a whole lot of improvement from uh, any of these young guys. J.M. Fox has, has looked good, but you're not really kind of saying, Kings. Oh yeah. They're, they're an up and comer team. They just need one more year. So uh, I think this is kind of the, the end of his coaching career. He'll go back to being uh, an assistant somewhere. And I don't, don't expect that he's going to, uh, to get another look at the, uh, the head chair for, for quite a while. And I don't think he should. Uh, I think I'm right there with you. Like in the sense that it, it probably isn't something that should happen. He hasn't really evolved. I think as a coach kind of reading the room and understand the roster that he's been had at the same time. I mean, he's kind of had some pretty crappy rosters. I mean, the Lakers and, you know, Kings, especially in the years that he's had them can hardly be called a murderer's row in terms of NBA talent, but he has been subpar. You had, you know, the home team actively calling for your dismissal. Like that is not a measure of confidence at all among the fan base. And he did come with that just, from that Golden State shine, but unfortunately it's worn off more and more and maybe just laid more credence to the fact that, hey, if you are in charge of just some very good players, some of them surefire Hall of Famers, of course you're going to look good because they are good and you probably don't have to do a whole lot of coaching. Just just, just a mess, just a mess entirely on that situation. Um, but he is gone. Uh, Alvin Gentry seems to be the interim coach moving forward, which... I think it's okay. I like Alvin Gentry enough. I don't know if he had the best hand in New Orleans. In fact, he didn't have the best hand in New Orleans. I'm just going to say that. He's not the most imaginative coach on the offensive end. He's a decent coach. He did get the Lake, the, the sense of the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers way back in 2010 with the roster that I might add was not supposed to be there at all. In fact, many of the Suns then on the outside looking into the playoffs that season. So he does have some really good coaching chops in addition to being able to motivate players and have a good rapport with many among the league. However, I mean, we'll see how this works for him moving forward um, and how the team responds because the locker room has been the same cast of, of members that were there when Dave Yeager got dismissed. Like, some of it is on Luke Walton, absolutely, but some of this is on the players. They've just not performed. They just haven't. De'Aaron Fox has regressed now in his fifth season here. You know, Buddy Hield has been kind of okay. Uh, Tyrese Val Halliburton has still been trying to find his way. Davion Mitchell is indeed a rookie. You have had Harrison Barnes playing very strong this season, but the Kings have just kind of been, a, eh, you know, and so although a lot of that is going to be attributed to Luke Walton, and yes, there is much he has to answer for there, uh, the Kings have been the Kings before he arrived. So we'll see if Gentry can do something different. Uh, he did come to an agreement for the rest of the season to not only um, kind of have some measurables that he will kind of be used to mark his success to be coach in future years, but also just kind of understand, okay, listen, this is where I'm at with the team. So definitely excited to see where he falls with the Kings. Um, I like Alvin Gentry and I want the Kings to do good. They have a great fan base. Check out uh, 
the Sports Ethos Kings podcast. Great team over there as well. They deserve good things, and they haven't had it for over a decade plus. And as a Lakers fan, uh, you know, we've had a drought too. And uh, we've had a weird season. So let's actually go to the Lakers. And Josh, I just, I'm going to just give you the floor here. Um, Lakers right now are 9-9. Nine and nine. This is, as of Sunday, they have sat 19th in defensive rating, 25th in offensive rating, 24th in net rating. Uh, LeBron has missed a good chunk of games. They did have this game against the the Pistons, where it seems like LeBron might miss another chunk of games. Not injury-related, of course, but unfortunately, uh, there was an incident where he, his elbow slash fist slash forearm connected with the eye of one Isaiah Stewart, who was heated and took it upon himself to pursue James despite literally everybody from both Lakers and Pistons nation trying to stop him. It did not matter. He was on a mission and uh, he wasn't successful, but uh, that hit's probably going to cost LeBron a few. So I'm going to give it to you, Josh. Re- you get to react to all that. It's a wide open forum. Let's start this conversation, bro. Sure. So uh, I'll hit it off the top on that uh, Isaiah Stewart piece. Uh, that man was upset. Uh, he <laughs> wanted to throw some fists. Uh, I have not seen that happen in an in NBA game in a long time. Uh, I immediately thought of the fact that this was going on uh, in Detroit and we're no longer playing in the palace. Uh, so we could not have a mouse in the palace part two, but this is the, the <laughs> little Caesars equivalent of, of that. Uh, he wanted to, to throw some, some punches with LeBron and, uh, yeah, that's that's not how the NBA works. And, and it just seemed like he just didn't get the memo and just kept trying to go after it. Uh, you know, the the only thing it reminds me of is the the, the infamous Clipper locker room uh, incident. You know, he, he dashed out there in the, the, into the tunnel. I thought he was going to come out the other side. Uh, interesting to see what the league does. I think given that LeBron got ejected, I don't expect that he's going to get suspended for another game, but I, I got to imagine that, that they'll come down on Stewart and give him at least, at least a game, but it'll be interesting to see how the league reacts uh, to, to this from a discipline standpoint. It was wild. It was just wild. I agree. LeBron's going to miss a few. I think that if he had just walked off calmly, he being Isaiah Stewart, then it wouldn't have really just been that big of an issue. But unfortunately, he was going after it. And uh, yeah, it was a mess. It was he was I mean, Stewart was not taking it lightly at all. No. And speaking of things that that are wild, let's just get into it, Corbin. These Lakers are wild and not in a good (laughs) Good transition. Uh, They are a mess. Uh, they had to rally from 16 down today to beat the Detroit Pistons. Uh, they are not a powerhouse team. This is the team that gave up 130 uh, on Wednesday uh, to the, or on Friday to the Celtics. Uh, came out tonight, gave up 68 in the first half. Uh, gave up th- four straight wow. three pointers to to Jer- Jeremy Grant. Just you know, just letting them have open look after open look. Uh, you know, I, I almost wonder if LeBron just didn't want to, to be around for the for the second half of that game. I was looking <laughs> for an early exit uh, because it was it was nasty. You know, they were down 15 there in the third going into the fourth quarter um, and, and luckily were able to pull it out. Uh, Lakers played well in the fourth quarter, but a lot of Detroit mistakes, a lot of Detroit missed shots. Um, you, and lucky, lucky to, to get that win. And man, they are just a mess. Uh, I wanted them to lose. Uh, I wanted to get to that bottom. I wanted 
a realization from the front office, from the coaching staff that this just wasn't, isn't working. You know, I, I, I I'm getting so uh, sick and tired of hearing kind of the patience when he works out. I I've seen enough. This, this experiment with Russ <laughs> doesn't seem uh, like it's got any way of working. The Russ that we got in the fourth quarter is the best version of Russ. It's the one version that, that you would think uh, the Lakers were going to get and be successful with, right? Which is uh, not taking a lot of three pointers, not taking a lot of jump shots, attacking mm-hmm. the rim, uh, distributing the ball, and uh, playing in place when LeBron's out and being able to to get the team to get some wins. And that just hasn't been the case. I mean, the the one argument that I kind of bought into was that Russ would help load manage LeBron. LeBron would sit some games and Lakers could still win because they still had Russ and AD. And as we've seen in this last stretch without LeBron, like the team with Russ and AD is just dog shit. And it's just an even worse fit when Russ and AD and LeBron are all on the court together. Russ doesn't have the spacing. Uh, He when he shoots three pointers, you're just like, Oh, great. This is, you know, going to be a mess. Occasionally he'll make one, but you know, it's, it's almost like a do, you know, you're in, in, in a bad situation either way. He doesn't take three pointers. You have awkward spacing. Uh, you don't have any offensive philosophy. I mean, that's, we can get to Vogel in a second, but the rust thing just, it's it just, it was a bad fit to start. You know, I, I, I talked with you before the season, we kind of said, yeah, it's a bad fit, but we're just hoping the talent overcomes and, and we'll, they'll just make it work. Russ is going to, going to play hard. Uh, he doesn't play defense. He doesn't shoot. Well, uh, everything we've seen no, says that you got to surround LeBron with good defenders, good shooters. This team has no defense. Uh, THT came back. He's now going to be guarding the, opponent's best guard, I guess, um, because we don't have anyone else. Avery Bradley's playing minutes. A guy who got cut uh, as the, the 15 man in Golden State comes in as starter for us um, is playing minutes because we don't have anyone else who can guard at the, the one or two position. Um, and we, we honestly just across the board outside of AD, you know, we don't have great defenders anywhere and we have no defensive co- cohesiveness. There was you know, just a layup line on Friday with the Celtics. It was, it was disgusting. And it continued early on uh, in this Detroit game. There was just, you know, just easy buckets, open threes, uh, no defensive rebounding. And, and Russ just doesn't help on any of those counts. And as long as he's out on the floor, you're going to have, uh, you know, what I consider to be a, a minus defender, a minus shooter and someone who, when he has the ball in his hands, taking the ball out of LeBron's hands for the most part, they haven't done a good job. Vogel hasn't done a good job staggering minutes. Um, and, you know, that was even the case with Boston last night where there was several times where AD and, and LeBron were sitting together. I think you, you, the whole point of having three of these guys is to to make sure that you could do it where one of them's on the court at, at all times. But it, it, I feel bad for Vogel. He got handcuffed. He got, you know, handed this roster by by Rob and they've got no defenders. There's uh, just a mismatch. All these shooters that we brought in, the, the Ellingtons, the Carmelos, um, you know, none who hasn't played. Like, these guys are all not great defenders. Are, are, you know, Bazemore is not even playing anymore. Um, that was the guy who I thought might be able to kind of come in and have an impact because he can, you know, defend some guys and also hit, hit a three-pointer or two. And he's, you know getting DNPCDs. 
DeAndre Jordan, I don't know what he's doing out on the floor. Uh, the fact that we're giving Rondo minutes, it's just all a mess. The sooner that this team kind of realizes that this isn't going to be a path to a championship, because, you know, we're championship or bust here. We don't keep our draft pick this year. There's no ability to tank. Yeah. Uh, at this point, LeBron's got, you know, what he's got two, three years left every year that you're just kind of wasting uh, LeBron, you know, everyone says, well, let's get, just get to the playoffs with a healthy LeBron and AD, but you know, with the rest of this team, the fit, I don't, I don't know where the defense is coming. That's going to win, win your championship. There's, there's no, no championship has been won in, in any time in recent years without a solid defense. You know, everyone remembers those golden state teams as being these crazy offensive teams, but they were locked down defensive teams, Draymond, mm-hmm. Clay, uh, Iggy, um, obviously the teams with Durant, uh, Durant was, was defending at, at, a, at an all NBA level, you know, the, the way that you win a championship is, is through defense. And if you go back through the last, you know, 10 NBA champions, it's, it's all, you know, a top level de- defense. And that was what was great about the Lakers in 2020. And even in 2021, you know, when, when LeBron and AD were out last year, the Lakers were still able to maintain their number one defensive ranking because they had Caruso, they had KCP, they had Kuzma even, uh, just all contributing on the defensive end, all able to be interconnected, guys able to do switches and take away open threes and defend the paint. And this year, they just, they don't have it at all, Corbin. The amount of games where they are just giving up I'm just looking right now at the the Lakers um, schedule. I'm just gonna gonna yeah rattle it off, rattle it off. Yeah, one sixteen, one thirty, one oh nine, one twenty one, one oh six, eighty three. So that's the one. Uh, sorry, sorry, one oh seven, one seventeen, one twenty three. 105, 107, 117. You have to go all the way to the Rockets game, okay? The Rockets, who are, are very clearly the worst team in the NBA at home, where we, we had a 95 85 win to have wow. a game in which we didn't give up over 107 points. And, you know, it, once again, it's not just that you're giving up over 107 and often, you know, 120. But the points that you're giving up are wide open threes, uh, bad rotations, uh, bad turnovers to fast breaks, layups. Um, and, and so, you know, I don't see, you know, at, at one point I thought maybe this team could overwhelm uh, other teams offensively. And kind yeah. Of do, just do, do, the Brooklyn, do the Brooklyn Nets kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and that Russ would fit. And, you know, after watching this and just how poor of a fit he is and, and he really, you know, was, was hoping he'd adopt the kind of Jonas in the finals mindset of not taking any threes and just constantly attacking the rim. Uh, but after watching it, I have no hope. Uh, I was hoping that they would lose this game to kind of hit a bottom, um, you know, get people's attention. It maybe would have gotten Vogel fired, which I think would have been, you know, uh, unfortunate, but, but maybe necessary so that Rob and the other decision makers could no more have no more excuses because, yeah, this this just isn't working for me, and I don't think that 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 it's going to going forward. This is a bad Pistons team. They had to come back to win, you know, down sixteen. When they play good teams, they they lose. They they had those two games that went to overtime against the Heat and the Hornets, 
where we where we were able to pull those out in overtime and, mm-hmm. and hit a bunch of shots down there. Otherwise, the, the wins this season are against bottom dwellers. You know, you got two wins against the Spurs, two wins against the Rockets, a win against Cleveland, a, a win against the Grizzlies. That's it. And these good teams that we've played, we've lost, uh, whether it's at home or away. And, and we've played 12 games of our 18 at home. And this is supposed to be the, the easy kind of stretch that the league gave us to kind of work these guys in mm-hmm. uh, at some point when, when we get to February, we go on those, those long road trips. It's, it's going to be messy. So uh, that, that's my take. I'm in, I'm in utter despair. Uh, I, I want the, the, the decision makers to, to go another path. I've, I've seen enough after, after 18 games to, to know that there's, I don't think there's any chance of this working out. Uh, what, do, what do you think, Corbin? I know, you know, you're, you, you've always been a big Russ guy and you can't be happy with what you're seeing with him now on the Lakers, but do you think that there's hope? Do you, are you still kind of looking for that miracle of, of him turning around and these guys finding a way to, to play together and play winning basketball? No, you know, I'm with you. I mean, you, you hit some really, really good points. You were, this was a Lakers fan here in yourself, sir, that definitely unloaded all your thoughts. I'm grateful for it. Um, I think that when you look at the rest of it, we, we did talk about this. We thought the talent will hopefully win, you know, overall. And you may, you may not believe this, but I still think that there's a chance it can work out in a way that like, let's face it. Do we expect it to be this bad out the gate? No. When we expect it to be slow, and we, and, and you know, all the players talked about it being a process, and you know, everyone from LeBron to Russ and to Melo, all these guys said it's going to take his time, got to work rotations. We didn't factor on the injuries being the way that they were, you know, we in fact that we wouldn't have Trevor Reza from day one, they wouldn't have Kendrick Nunn from day one, you know, that Austin Reeves will go down, that LeBron's been down, AD's been banged out, you know, um we've had a lot of guys who have just been kind of going through it. Well, if one of the few guys who have been healthy have been Russell Westbrook, and we know that he's a notoriously so starter, right? Now, that being said, there are some troubling concerns. You know, his jump shot is just regressing. It's a further regressing. Uh, he's not shooting great from three. You know what he is from there, and he's taking um, a healthy enough portion, which to a certain extent I understand because, listen, if they're going to leave you open, man, you got to just take some, right? At the same time, if you're shooting 29% on four and a half a night, like that's not what we're talking about. You know what I mean? You got to do something different. On the other hand, the turnovers, I didn't see this happening right now. Uh, with the amount of turnovers that he is putting out per game and even five, that is the second most he's had in his career. Now, the good news, if you can call it that, the most he's ever had in his career was 5.4. That was his MVP season. So, you know, the hope is that, you know, he can elevate the level of play to a point that those turnovers, while still being a factor, aren't the factor, you know. Uh, Also, that season, he was averaging 31 points per game, shooting 34 percent from three. Uh, There was quite a few things different. Getting to the line uh, a bunch of times. Corbin, let me let me let me ask you a question, because you've always been a big, big Russell Westbrook fan. I've been an admirer from afar, but I I didn't follow him as closely. Obviously, I pay attention to his MVP year, but I didn't watch kind of thunder games on, you know, on the NBA ticket and that type of stuff. I'd see the highlights and I'd see the big kind of national TV games, but I wasn't watching them day in Mm -hmm. and day out. One of the things that just infuriates me, it's not just the five turnovers. It's how bad some of these turnovers are. It's it's him just throwing the ball away. Tonight we were up five with the ball with, 35 seconds left mm-hmm. that's that's a win you just hold that ball you get fouled and he just threw the ball away um it, it ended up not mattering um 
you know, we ended up uh, hitting our free throws and, and, and coming out there with a win, but just, it's not just the turnovers. It's the unforced nature of some of those turnovers that are, they're absolutely maddening. I don't know if, if, if that's something that's been kind of, a tenant throughout Russia's career and that us Laker fans are just now having to, to deal with for 48 minutes, game in, game out. If that's something that, you, that you'd seen through him or you think that this is getting even worse in terms of just the unforced nature of the turnovers, the, the kind of silly, like, you know, just, just lazy passes or like ball off your feet type turnovers. So it's funny you bring that up. I think it's yes and no in that respect. I think he's, he's done these for years. He's, he's, his, his kind of risk reward ratio and the extent of which he tries the most, you know, audacious passes and the most reckless, crazy kind of, like I said, hit or miss plays. It's been well known as well. Doc, like that's him entirely. Um, that's been him all his career. You know, he has those, he had a sick pass, even his MPP season. We talked about the five turnovers he had per game. He also had that game in Toronto that year, you know, going down full court, throws a perfect three fourths quarter bounce pass in between the legs of Corey Joseph to an in stride Victor Oladipo for a layup. Like one of the great highlight passes of his career could have easily been a kickball turnover. You know what I mean? Like the odds of that working out the way it did were like a thousand to one. Now it happened to be the one that worked, but like that is rust for you. If it can work, like there's a possibility of it, he will do it. Now this is where I hope that it would be less like less likely that this type of trend would continue because he is in year, you know, 13, like, or my fault. Um, no, he's in year fourteen. Yeah, he's in year fourteen. Um, and you would hope that okay, listen, like those days are done. You know, I'm learning from kind of the mistakes I've made, how reckless I was, what that led in terms of um, you know, putting my team in position to win. You know, making games that should be blowouts close, making games that are close losses. Um, things like that. You would hope that 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 mental kind of maturity on that end would come into play, but it hasn't. And that's where the concern is. Some of the some of the turnovers are, are just irksome because I have, just when you watch Russell as much, you know, you can almost telegraph them as he telegraphs the pass. Like, you know, he's going to drive left. You know, he's looking, he can make the pass out to, you know, the weak side. Or we can lay it off to the dunker. Or we can try to do both, like try to like fake one and give the obvious pass that we all know he's going to do. Now, sometimes they'll make it anyways, but most times they'll get caught, picked off. And that's kind of the type of passes that Russell's been doing. I just would have hoped that he would have kind of gotten to a point where we saw less and less of those and not more and more of those. But alas, here we are with him doing that. Now, as far as jump shot, like I said, I feel like he hasn't had, he's had a few ugly shooting games. Um, I think some of it's just the decline is athleticism. You know, he's not getting to the rim quite like before. He's not finishing at the rim anywhere near the way he did. Um, his effective field goal percentage, um, actually, I mean, this would be his fourth worst. And the, the, the four were other ones that he had that were as bad were his ages 20, 21, 22, and 26-year seasons. So, like, it, it's kind of going on the downhill. Like, he is at 46 on effective field goal percentage. He's shooting from the free throw line 66%, which isn't quite his worst, but it's not that far from it. It's his third worst season, continuing the trend that he started um, in Oklahoma City and then continued in Washington. He had, like, a brief uh, blip in Houston where he was actually 76%. So, you know, it's all mental there, but like, I don't know. I look at Russ and I guess this is where I throw a question back to you. I'm hoping that he definitely improves in the second half of the season. He's done that in Washington. He had a, just a God awful uh, first half with Washington, even though some of that was injury. Some of that just was him not playing well. So you have to hope that he catches his stride in um, Los Angeles, you know, maybe after Christmas, I'm gonna look with a much closer eye. Right. Um, 
you hope that you get some guys back. But looking at Russ, do you, and I'm throwing this at you, they played Chicago, right? And you had two great pieces from the Athletic. Um, I think one was from Mark um, Chris Haynes that was basically describing the Lakers' kind of free agency process, how they could have went after Alex Caruso um, but chose not to, how they could have went after DeMar DeRozan but chose not to. What are your reactions to, like, those pieces? I'm sure you heard about those. And then of that, what would you have rather had? Because obviously – you know, you're, you're out on Russ. I get that. Like, you're going to support him as a Laker fan, but that was not one that you're on. You've kind of seen enough between the Alex Caruso being capped, right? Retained or the trade for Buddy Hield, or the acquisition of DeMar DeRozan. What would have been something that you were like more high on um, back then? And where are you now on that? So, yeah, at the time, like uh, I was, I was very high on the, the heel trade and I still, still am even mm-hmm. though he's, hasn't, you know, he's done what we expect him to do in Sacramento, which is taken a lot of three pointers and make a high percentage of them. Uh, you know, he's not a great defender. He's not going to give you a whole lot of creation, uh, shot creation off the ball, but he's going to, to make and take a, a whole bunch of three pointers. I thought that fit in with what you were looking to get with LeBron and AD is a high volume three point shooter. And, you know, there's, there is, some extent of us getting some of that production from Mello this year. Uh, Mello is a horrible, horrible defender, uh, but he healed is not as bad. He's probably not uh, someone who is, you know, exploited every time down, but he's not a great defender, but I like that trade that would have kept KCP on the team. Uh, so you still keep that defender and then not signing Caruso to me is, is the biggest blunder of this, this whole thing. I mean, obviously the rust trade is a disaster so far. Yeah. But, um, but the Caruso thing was self-inflicted. It didn't make, it wasn't like we spent that money somewhere else. It was just a matter of luxury tax money. We were over the cap. It was either we signed Caruso for 10, nine, $10 million, whatever. So like listening to him on, on some of the, uh, on some of the podcasts here seems like, you know, he came back to the Lakers looking to get an offer to take from the Lakers and, and Rob just told him to go fuck himself. Uh, it seemed like the original offer, I think was less than two and 15, which is, it's just kind of crazy. Uh, but he was our best perimeter defender. You know, there's a lot of metrics that have him as a top 10 perimeter defender, top five, even perimeter defender in, in this league. And you take him and KCP off this team. And, and that's what part, a larger reason they're not as good defensively. If you were able to, to keep those guys, even forget getting buddy healed, just give me KCP and Caruso <laughs> back like that. That's fine. I will take that because this team hasn't had a problem offensively. Like AD, when he looks like he looked today in the fourth quarter and when he looked like he looked in, in the first quarter uh, the other night, uh, against San Antonio, like he's, he can dominate. Like there's no reason that between LeBron and AD, uh, that you can't find some shooters, even then, if you have to go with a guy like Mello, um, to get that shooting, like that's fine. But when you have Caruso and KCP, you have guys who can lock down, uh, the other teams point guard and, and shooting guards, guys, who aren't just going to get blown by guys who know how to, to switch and, and play connected defense. And uh, I would take those two guys over, over Russ and, and everything else. And then when you combine the fact that you could have had that plus buddy healed, I think that's, that's the clear route. The, the, the one issue with DeRozan I have, um, and this is, you, you know, I'm a, I'm a cap guy, Corbin. 
Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it gets <laughs> lost. It gets lost in the shuffle. But, you know, DeRozan would have had to be in, been a sign and trade. And so if the Lakers would have brought DeRozan in, which they could have done in a sign and trade, they would have been hard capped. And it probably would have meant them not being able to keep uh, Caruso um, anyway, just because of the hard cap situation. So to me, um, would I have sacrificed uh, doing that, the the deal, you know, the coups, Montrez and a first for, for DeRozan? Yes, mm-hmm. sir. Um, you know, DeRozan's been, been playing out of his mind here in Chicago. Uh, LA kid, obviously, you know, s- similar redemptions coming home stories you have for Russ. Um, and it would have been, would have been nice, you know, uh, I'm, I'm an SC guy. So would have, would have liked to have that versus the UCLA guy, um, and DeRozan's from, from Compton, uh, you know, so a lot of, a lot of those same parallels, yeah, but, um, a lot, a lot, a lot of that same, the same stuff. But for, for me, you know, even if you take DeRozan, then you're, you're not taking Caruso or you're not getting THT. But with the Buddy Heel trade, you could have done, you could have had the best of both worlds. You could have had Buddy Heel, you could have had KCP, you could have had, you know, still had THT and Caruso. And to me, like that's a, a, a stack defensive uh, team when you put that with AD, uh, with units, with, you know, another big with Dwight or, you know, going with AD at the five and LeBron at the four and are able to have kind of three versatile switching defenders. You know, this is we're two years away from, you know, Caruso starting for us in game six um, and, you know, get a lineup of him, Danny Green, KCP being kind of the key switching uh, guys playing the guard wing positions that helped us, you know, play lockdown D and win a championship and and going away from that just seems silly. Uh, And it was unnecessary. We just didn't need to not get Caruso. And had we had, you know, another guy we were targeting who's going to come in and kind of give us a lot of those same things from a defensive standpoint i'd say okay but when you look at what happened in free agency they got a bunch of offensive first guys you know none uh ellington mellow uh, all these guys are you know shooters uh, offensive playmakers but none of them are known uh, as being even decent defenders um, you know, the one guy that you brought in to, to be your kind of defensive guy, Trevor Ariza's 37 history of injuries. Surprisingly, he gets injured. Um, we haven't seen him. But, you know, if you're counting on the Trevor Ariza's and the nuns and the Austin Reeves of the world, you're, you're missing the point. This is a team that has uh, uh, AD and LeBron and is struggling to beat the Pistons that, you know, lost twice to the Oklahoma City Thunder that, you know, just got blown out against uh, a, a struggling Boston Celtic team. You know, it's, this is not like the, the Baltic Celtic team uh, of yore. This is uh, a, a team that is, you know, in, in ninth right now, just barely in the play and in the East. And you look at those guys that we sent to Washington. I mean, Washington is right there with Chicago on the top of the top of the East. And I think that that speaks to kind of, what what we should have done as much as anything. The Lakers are struggling right now in the playing position, and Washington and Chicago are are top of the top of the East. The the guys we gave up are good defenders, good basketball players. There's more to playing basketball than being able to put the ball in the hoop. And it seems like we went away from valuing that, and now we're in a situation where we don't have a lot of options. We have a lot of veteran minimum guys. We need to hope that none comes back and can give us something off the bench and hope that THT continues to kind of make improvements. But we're, you know, we're kind of saddled with 
with Russ and, and hoping for the best because there's no trade out there for, for Russell Westbrook, you know, the way, the way he's played so far, no one would touch him, you know, maybe Houston trades him for John Wall, who they're sitting. Uh, I don't know any other, any other trade that, that would happen. Yeah. Don't have our, our, our picks to get rid of them. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's a bad situation and, Russ has just never been a great defender. He's shown he's not a great defender here. He will get some steals. He got a big steal uh, tonight, jumping in the passing lane. But for each of those steals, he's going to give up, uh, you know, two layups. And he's going to not be connected, give up way too many uh, open three-pointers, uh, you know, have just problems on switching, communicating. Uh, a team that has AD should never be, 24th or whatever you said we were 25th in defensive rating. Uh, this is a team that has Frank Vogel, a defensive coach. Uh, you know, you, you got to be able to, to, to give a little bit more effort here and, and get some better defensive results. And I think as long as we have to play Russ and, and put him on the court for 30 minutes, we're, we're not going to have that. And the rest of these guys also don't bring that. And we had guys, we had guys on the roster who did that and chose to, to, to trade them away to, to, do this Russ experiment. And I think it's, uh, it's at least pretty clear to me that that was the wrong choice. And so that, that, that didn't work out. I'd, I'd love to see this team with AD LeBron, KCP, Buddy Heald and Caruso um, still have THT coming off the bench. To me, that's a, you know, top four team in the West. Uh, clearly what we have now is, you know, the team struggling to make the play in. I, I mean, I see what you're saying for sure on that. I, I think that a lot of it, though, and I, I think we haven't talked about enough, like, yeah, a lot of it we have to go, you know, talk about with the the fact, the play of Russell Westbrook, right? And a lot of it as well with the kind of roster that happens to be around the Lakers. You know, a lot of guys on minimum contracts, a lot of older vets, that being kind of the way of things. Now, my question, though, is how much of this falls on LeBron James when he's been injured and not, you know, I mean, he's been injured, obviously. When he's been there, the Lakers have played better. But I have heard stuff on Twitter. My my, my, my friend, uh, well, just a basketball guy, everyone knows him. Seth Partnow was saying, hey, maybe, you know, LeBron's looking a little bit more mortal, you know. Um, but also a guy I'm looking at whose numbers look okay, um, except from three. But just in general, I, I'm not super high on his performance this season. And that is Anthony Davis. Um, averaging 24 points, 10 boards, just under three assists a night, shooting 51% from the field, uh, 76% from the free throw line. However, shooting just 17% from three. And I personally feel that he's had kind of a hot and cold kind of streak because there's been a bunch of games where he's not, obviously LeBron's not been in, that they need an AD to really step up and be that guy. And I just don't think that he is that guy. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, AD has been one of the more disappointing aspects of this season. Uh, you brought him here and he was going to be the guy who took the torch for LeBron and kind of carried the franchise for the next 10 years. I, I don't have confidence about building a championship team around Anthony Davis. Um, I think he is great and he can still be great in that second banana role, but uh, he too often just doesn't show the consistency in terms of dominating. We've seen him be unstoppable for times. Mm-hmm. Um, this season, both on both ends of the court, both offensively and defensively, where he just, you know, uh, is scoring at well um, and and switching and blocking shots and getting steals. And then, you know, you won't hear from him again for three quarters. Um, and that's just not what an alpha alpha does. I don't think he's a 
in my mind is is in consideration to be a top five top 10 player anymore i mean top 15 top 20 sure um i mean that's i think the difference between the disappointment i have with him and russ i view russ as a net negative uh, when he's on the court literally the lakers are a worse team than when uh he's off um because of his lack of defense and lack of shooting ad is um is a little bit more nuanced i i agree he's been super disappointing and hasn't really beasted, but he's still mm-hmm. very, very good. Um, he's still very, very good compliment to LeBron. The the shooting, the three point shooting thing is, um, you know, a little boggling. It's if you're shooting that bad, just stop shooting threes. Um, <laughs> take, take, you know, take oh. a summer next mm-hmm. summer and, and work on it and then integrate in your game. But clearly it's just not happening now. He's six uh, thirty four from three. Yeah. And so just go back to dominating the paint. Uh, you know, you don't need to, to take threes. If you're playing at the five, that's one of the benefits of, of the spacing that you have when you have him out there in those lineups. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that he's been, been a disappointment. And I think LeBron's been, you know, a, a, a tad disappointing too, just because the, the expectations that you expect him to be the best player in the NBA. And I, you know, I don't think he's the best player in the NBA this season. And I don't, don't think it's probably even an argument. You know, there was uh, certainly some arguments before he went out last season, before he went, he got the ankle injury that he was in the MVP conversation. You know, it was, people were talking about him and Jokic and, and Embiid. The, those were the three guys. Like I don't hear anybody talking about LeBron in the MVP conversation. So I, I do think it's fair to say that maybe he's slipped and maybe he's not in the top one, top three conversation anymore. And he's more in that top five. But once again, if you have a top five player, you have a top 10 player uh, that should be enough. Um, LeBron shown he can turn down the playoffs AD, you know, we had bubble AD, like they've shown that they can kind of, uh, get to that high level. But the, the issue is that the, the team that's built around them is just so poorly constructed. This really falls at Rob's feet in, in my opinion, uh, because he just chose, he had like, we know, we know the heel trade was out there. We know yeah. what the parameters were. Uh, we know that, that this was out there. We know that the good Crusoe was willing to resign for less, um, for, for less, you know, we like, these are, these are not like us just saying, well, if, and maybes and, and could have and should have no these are these are things that that we know uh were available options that that rob chose to uh make other choices and the choices he's made now so far look like they are you know relatively speaking disastrous you know russ has got uh, a 47 million dollar player option next year I don't think there's anyone in the world right now who doesn't think that he is going to pick up that player option, which means that not only do you have Russ on the team for this year, but uh, you're going to have Russ on the team for next year, unless you trade him for scrap pieces as an expiring contract. There's not, there's not getting out of this and, and to saddle the last kind of years of LeBron and these prime AD years, um, notwithstanding what we were talking about, about AD being, a disappointment in terms of not taking that mantle as being the best player in the league, uh, which, you know, after the bubble, I thought there was a strong argument that it was going to be him and Giannis, you know, one, two for the next 10 years, kind of, you know, going back and forth as to who was considered the best player in the NBA. And I don't mm-hmm. think he's, he's in that top 10 conversation right now. And, but I, I think, you know, having said that he's still very good. LeBron yeah. is still very good. Uh, this roster construction is very, very bad. 
Uh, if you put the right players around LeBron and AD, there's no doubt in my mind that they could uh, be successful enough to compete for a championship. And right now this team is struggling to compete for a playoff spot, let alone a championship. Uh, there's, there's no, if, if I ran down the top teams in the West right now, uh, there's no team that you would take us over in a seven game series, right? Uh, Golden State, Phoenix, Utah, no, LA Clippers, no, Dallas, Denver, you know, like this is, this is, these are Denver without Jamal Murray, Clippers without Kawhi, right? These are not even, you know, Golden State without Clay. Like these are teams that, that presumably are going to get better, if not the end of this season, certainly going into next season. You know, and, and it's not until you get to kind of like the, the Portland, Memphis, Minnesota kind of teams where you'd be like, okay, I'd have confidence that, that LA would, would take them out there. So, you know, this is, this is not a good team. Uh, I do think LeBron being injured, you know, led to some of those, those losses they wouldn't have had if he was there. But at the end of the day, I don't care. I'm, I'm championship or bust. I don't want to make the playoffs. I want to win. I want to hang banner number 18. Yeah. No second send, round stuff. Yeah. No second round stuff. I want to send LeBron out on the right note. Um, kind of as he gets to these last few years in his career, you know, as a huge Kobe fan, I, you know, I still regret the fact that the way things went down with the Chris Paul trade and, and everything led to the last years of Kobe with being on a piece of shit, you know, 20 win Laker team. It was great to get to see him shoot 50 times in that mm-hmm. last game and score 60 points, but it sucked that it was a game that didn't matter on the same night that the Warriors were winning 73 um, and that he didn't get a chance to kind of have a last playoff run um, because those teams were just, you know, horrible. Uh, and honestly, it, this is what we're looking at with LeBron. Like, I don't know how the, what the fix is. So maybe I guess that's, that's my, my question to you, Corbin, do you see anything? Do you see just got to tough it out? Hope the best for what Russ is. Is there anything else the team could do to any type of pivot that you see here? It's funny you said, because I was going to ask you that question. I think for me, it's a little bit simpler. I think for one, let's wait till after Christmas, right? Let's see Austin Riggs comes back a little bit after Thanksgiving. We'll see uh, Trevor Rees and Kendrick Nunn are still a ways off, but we have to hope around then that they're a little bit better. So we'll see where they are. Let's see how that comes together. That time is going to be unfortunate because not a whole lot of time, but that time in between um, their return and the trade deadline is going to be important because I'm not really sure what moves um, – like are available in terms of, uh, you know, it's a lot of minimum contracts. I'm not sure how you can trade Russ. And if Russ is playing well, do you want to trade Russ? You know what I mean? Um, and again, that contract's been traded twice. So I'm not too thinking, I'm not, I'm not thinking that it can't be, but like, you know, it's definitely something to think about. Um, with that being said, they don't have a lot of moves to make as far as roster construction. That chance won't happen until the off season again, when it's going to have to, when you have, you know, all these guys come off the books. So, I don't know. I think the time for Russ roster shuffling is past. I think you look at Russ being a second half kind of player in this in the season in, in his career, um, especially the latter half of his career over the regular season. So you definitely look at that. Hope that that comes into play, right? Hope that with the addition of your injured guys, guys who have key parts of this team, whether it was Kendrick Nunn at the bench or Trevor Ariza starting, that the Lakers find some balance and an order. Maybe excising entirely Rondo minutes, moving DJ back to where Dwight Howard should be, which is kind of that big to use in case of emergency. Running AD at the five with LeBron at the four and Ariza at the three you know, using those guys interchangeably. It's more of health than anything else. And then, of course, hoping that Russell Westbrook, at the very least, isn't an active 
deterrent to winning. Um, but those are the solutions that I have in mind. I, again, I don't think that there is a lot that can happen otherwise, but I'm intrigued to hear what you have to say about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss. I don't know. I've, I've looked at, you know, putting some things into the trade machine. There's not a lot that makes sense with Russ's salary and mm-hmm. our constraints in terms of otherwise having, you know, no one else uh, but minimum salary. There, there's some deals out there. If THT looks good and we'd be willing to package him and Russ um, that, that I could see happening. And honestly, at this point, I, you know, I might be in favor of those because uh, I just don't see a path forward for this team contending for a championship as long as Russell Westbrook's on the roster. Um, I'd love to be be proven wrong. I'd love for this just to be another uh, slow start uh, in the Russ era and, and have him suddenly uh, have an epiphany and, and start playing uh, efficient basketball and fitting in with LeBron and have it all work out. I, I don't see that happening. I think you have to make some roster moves. I don't think they can be around the edges right now. You have three pieces that you have Russ, THT and none who are non veteran minimum guys. Uh, I think you need to find a way to do something with Russ. Uh, so I, I don't know. Like you said, uh, it's not an untradeable contract. It's been traded three times now. Uh, I don't know what the trade is out there that that works to make the Lakers better. I don't know if it's it's, a, it's another trade for John Wall. Uh, I don't know if it is uh, packaging it with him with THT uh, and hoping that that's enough of a sweetener to get something else back. But they, they, they need to do something in my mind. Uh, continuing with Russ and just hoping that he figures it out and gets better is uh, just wasting this season. We don't get to keep our draft pick, so there's no hope in kind of tanking or, or missing the playoffs and getting lucky in the lottery. Uh, that would be a real kick in the nuts to end up, you know, <laughs> winning the lottery and, and handing the Pelicans, you know, Chet Holmgren or or, or Paolo, you know, one of these these mm-hmm. guys. Um, so, you know, at this point, you need to still be all in, uh, push all your chips in. And in my mind, the sooner that we realize this rust thing didn't work and try to do whatever is available. And may, to your point, maybe it's not till after Christmas when other guys on other teams who signed uh, this this offseason are, are eligible to be traded. And maybe there's other teams who have, you know, some, some disappointing players on their roster, um, you know, that you can you can try to to get a package together but i i don't know who's interested in russ there's no natural fit in terms of any of the teams that i can see but i think the lakers need to do something i think that trying to uh make this work with russ uh trying to think that it's just going to take time and it's just patience and, and repetition and these guys being healthy together is uh is wrong and it's going to, the further you go is the, the longer it's going to be that you're the shorter amount of time you're going to have to be able to, to pivot and do something else. I, I don't know what that is, Corbin. If, if I had an idea, I would get it to any, any people in the media I know for them to start circulating it to, <laughs> to, get, to get it. So it, it got in Rob's ear, but I, I don't know what they do, but they need to do something because I think the status quo here is, is not good enough. And yeah, it's, it's at, at best 
a second round playoff exit. I mean, at this point, I don't think we get, if we get to the playoffs, I don't see how we get out of the first round at this point. But. No, I, I got to agree. I mean, I'm not as pessimistic there, but you gave a very like thorough breakdown into the many issues the Lakers have and just how little of a way right now there is to change that. Um, what's going to be funny, I'm going to have to have you on again, Lakers Central Talk close to the trade line, because I expect to see some packages and some moves that can be made, Josh. This has to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's going to be, you know, there, there will be vultures. There will be people who kind of see that that this is not working out. There will mm-hmm. be, you know, maybe people who value, you know, we'll see if maybe THD can kind of continue to progress. Uh, he looked really good his first two games. These last two games, you know, clearly uh, took a step back. He's still only 20 years old. Uh, so there, there is a lot there to like uh, from THT standpoint, and, mm-hmm. and maybe that's intriguing enough for for another team to to take on. You know what's you know for at least you know a year and a half of Russ. Uh, you know maybe something that could be worked out in, in a buyout. Uh, I don't see Oklahoma, given just his history there, uh, or the Rockets' no. his history there, being. Uh, places that 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 Russ would would be welcome would to fit, come yeah. back to, but uh, yeah, there there may be something. I don't New York. Uh, they they had a hot start, but they've they've kind of been floundering uh, of late. Is is that something where they've got some young players? I don't even know what the salaries that they have on on that team that that could that could match uh, a Russ, but uh, you know. There'll, there'll be something, there'll be some packages that'll get, get talked about um, and we'll have to see. But uh, I just hope that this team makes a decision by the time we get to the deadline that they need to make moves. They need to make big ones because uh, just giving this time and just hoping it works out uh, is not, not answer in my mind. So. Wow. Definitely a sobering message here from Josh for Lakers, Laker Nation in general, I'm going to just trend more optimistic and hope that you're right, man. You know, some of the stuff turns quicker than normal. Maybe that Russ can change your mind with a really strong December uh, into January. We'll, uh, we'll uh, see how that happens, if anything happens there. But that would be amazing if so. Until then, man, we just have to kind of keep watching every game like we do. We'll keep messaging as we always do, kind of in between games and kind of see what happens. The Lakers are definitely giving us a season of um, unpredictable uh, reactions, emotions from night to night, because I really don't know how I'm going to feel from the Lakers from one night to the next. And sometimes I feel both reactions in the same night, like I did tonight. So, or last night, rather, as you all listen to this. But uh, again, Josh, man, thank you for hopping on. Uh, I know we're going to be collaborating a little bit sometime soon here, breaking down the Lakers and their, uh, their, their, their historic, not their historic, but their, their basically recent off-season history, right? Yep. Yeah. I'm uh, looking forward to always – Always great to, to talk basketball with you, Corbin, especially Lakers. I wish it was under uh, more optimistic uh, circumstances, but, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll hmm. hope, hope for the best here. Uh, there we go. You know, it won't leave people so, uh, so high and dry. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe these guys will figure something out. But, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk some more about the Laker off-seasons uh, past and some of the smart decisions they made, some of the not-so-smart decisions. And, uh, yeah, look forward to the trade deadline coming up and, and seeing what, if any, 
of these rumors that are, are coming across uh, end up happening. So. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. It's going to be a lot of fun, man. I'll be happy to have you on. Uh, we're going to have to collab real soon on that uh, off-season look back for a while. I'm actually looking forward to getting to that soon. So we'll talk about that here uh, pretty soon. But aside from that, thank you, my friend, for hopping on and just talking Lakers and basketball with me. Yeah, my pleasure. All right, for sure. And listen, y'all, you know where to find me. You know where to find Josh. You'll find him on this show. Uh, right now, we have an exclusive, uh, we're the exclusive home of uh, Laker fan Josh Heidemann's uh, both NBA and Laker take. So definitely keep it here on Round Ball Ramble. But you can find me on Twitter as well at Corbin NBA. This is a Sports Ethos presentation. So check out Sports Ethos online at sportsethos.com on Twitter at Sports Ethos. Pretty simple there. Uh, other than that, y'all, we'll be right back at it tomorrow like we always are. For my man, Josh, for myself, we are frosty. Y'all stay frosty, and I will talk to y'all tomorrow. Aight, y'all. has been a Sports Ethos presentation.